Hello, welcome to Her Dark Materials. I'm Faye. Hi. And I'm Rachel. Hello. This is usually a podcast where we're reading through and discussing Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials novels, a chapter at a time, spoiler free. But in these special bonus episodes, we'll be talking about the new BBC and HBO TV adaptation of the books currently airing every week for the next eight weeks. Be warned that there will be spoilers in these episodes for Northern Lights and the other books in the series. So if you haven't read the books yet, come back and join us when you're all caught up. Hi. Hi. How did you feel about last night's episode? Wow, we're getting straight into it, are oh, we? I mean, we could chat about ourselves for a bit. If I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's just let's just get into it. I actually really enjoyed it. I loved that it was mostly focused on Lyra and Mrs. Coulter. I really liked that they've kind of jumped ahead and that we are now seeing them like cut through into different worlds and stuff from the Subtle Knife books because the Subtle Knife is my favourite of the books. So oh, I didn't know. That. Yeah. So I really liked that. And I just thought that I just thought it was really well done. Um I did miss Lynn though. We didn't get Lynn and I thought yeah. we were going to Well as it seems to be this thing of the like coming up on his dark materials seems to be just random clips from the entirety of the rest of the season by the looks of it. Yeah. Because Barely anything that happened in the coming up from last week's episode happened this episode. Very true. And then, like, uh, yeah. I think that I don't might... know what what from the coming up next week in the bit at the end true. of this episode is going to happen. It's just like, wow. <laughs> I wonder because the first um, like coming up was so long. It was like nearly like it was like five to ten it was minutes like a long. Trailer. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that was a coming up this season, and then what we saw at the end of last night's episode was actually like a next week on yeah okay yeah or monday's episode for those listening because this won't go up until friday so true true but we're recording on tuesday oh my god the mechanics of a podcast (laughs) (laughs) we like to give ourselves a little bit of buffer time to kind of edit also i said tuesday it's monday what i can't oh it is monday isn't it thank (sighs) fuck for that god (laughs) like oh there's so much going on i can't even keep up with the days but yeah what did you think I really enjoyed it. I, I'm such a purist on the books. I'm so like, I don't know, part, parts of it, like when, yeah, when Boreal just casually stepped into like our Oxford, I was like, oh, that doesn't happen yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like shocked, but then like, no, it makes sense. If you're readapting it into a TV show, you've got to kind of do some more TV show-ish things. Like people aren't necessarily going to be satisfied with sitting in the here and now mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. where the book is. They might want, teasing forward they might need enticing everybody loves a bit of foreshadowing and a little bit of like easter eggs for future seasons and i guess it's a way of keeping the people that have read the books on their toes mm-hmm. but i don't mm-hmm. like to be on my toes <laughs> i don't want to be on my toes <laughs> what if i want to not be on my toes yeah I but think... i i did enjoy it i i did yeah i did like it i think that i don't know i think that for me maybe it's because I've only read the books once, and this is my second read-through of them, like, for the podcast. Mm. So I'm not uh, maybe as attached to them as, like, maybe you are and some other people are that, like, grew up with them. So for me, like, the chopping and changing, I don't mind it. But in the past, like, books that I've read that I've loved and I've grown up with, and they've changed it for the film or TV show, I've been like, how dare you? Scandalised. Yeah, how dare you change any of this? Yeah. Um, so I, I totally understand where the people that think that are coming from. But for me and this, I did really like it. 
Also, speaking of uh, Boreal and that guy that he meets in Oxford, was I going crazy or was I noticing some sexual tension oh, there? My God, yes, definitely. He was right? like, Where have you been? Is in like a spouse that's been left at home and like yeah. someone's not got back when they said they'd get back or something. Like, and I also, honey, I missed you, but yeah, and I enjoyed, Where's the snake? And he was like, Well, we don't have, we don't have to have our demons on display all also, the just, time. Don't misgender my demon. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> it's a she. It's a she. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Um, I know we're not, in these episodes, we're not really talking, like, chronologically like we do with the books, but I did jump ahead there. But my, I wrote, like, a few notes, and like I said in the last episode, like, I'm trying not to write loads because I don't want to miss stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but my first note was... Monkey demon in the front seat of the car. Oh, I love that you got to sit in the front seat. <laughs> so the monkey is such an interesting character. They've given him so much more depth, mm. I feel like, in the TV show than they have in the books thus far. Because where we're at in the books at the moment, he's just this like kind of sinister sidekick. Whereas like in the TV show, A, he looks so happy when he gets to sit in the front seat. And when she gives him a little smack and he looks so sad. Yeah. I, like, visibly, like, jumped at that bit when yeah. I wasn't expecting it at all. Just, like, a really dysfunctional relationship between Mrs. Coulter and her demon is really a really interesting thing to think about. Yeah. That poor monkey. But then also he's so evil because when he's attacking Pan, and oh, it breaks your heart to see Pan yeah. in pain. I got so upset at that bit. Oh. Like, I could feel, like, tears in my eyes. I don't like yeah. this I looked over all. and Sarah was definitely welling up. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> horrible it was yeah it was a lot but it's really interesting how they've made him so much more complex mm. yeah i completely agree uh I, liam i watched it with liam again and what did he call him i wrote it down he said that little prick monkey <laughs> oh no sorry i wrote that little bastard monkey and then liam said about two minutes later Little monkey prick. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I mean... What was he doing when that happened? uh, What was he doing when... I wrote it when he was being... uh, When him and Pan were having the altercation. And I can't remember when Liam said it. It was after that. I found it... Just generally, the amount of cruelty involved in this episode on the whole has been really interesting. Yeah. Like, from the monkey. And then Boreal catching that lady's butterfly demon. (gasps) Yeah. They've, like, broached the taboo. Yeah. In the fucking second episode, where, so, like, in the books, it's alluded to and then it only really happens at the end, right? Yeah, I think that they've done it as a really, like, clever device as to us learning more about demons and how they work. Yeah. Because, obviously, we see that if a demon dies, then you die. And we wouldn't... We didn't... I don't think we knew that from the first episode. No. Um, and it's quite a weird one to, like, shoehorn in in a world full of people that would already know this. So it's like, why would they ever bring it up? Yeah. Without you, us, the viewer, actually seeing it happen. Um, I did quite like that. I, I can't say that I was like that impressed when the woman died and just like, like, eh, eh. <laughs> um, yeah. But sure, she, she did what she could with what she had. Yeah. In her role as a plot device to just basically let Lyra know that Mrs. Coulter is the gobblers, she functions quite well. But like in the books, we haven't quite got to that chapter yet. Mm. We're a couple of chapters away. But I feel like, Perhaps that journalist has a little bit more to say or something more interesting going on, at the very least. Yeah. Because it was, here's this lovely journalist who seems to be trying to help Lyra out, and suddenly she's just gone. And it's like, oh, bye. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we maybe do see a bit more of her in the books. I was just actually looking at my phone because it reminded me, we got like a couple of tweets from 
somebody called Andre, and he is at Compod, and he tweeted us loads about the title sequence. Because I think I mentioned in the first episode that we saw the what I thought, or what other people on Twitter yeah. as well thought, was a subtle knife. And he mentioned loads of stuff that he'd noticed. So stuff like, I think there's a section where Lyra is walking up some stairs. Yes, and I noticed that this time yeah, after reading those tweets. Yeah, and there's somebody opposite her and it's, visi- it's visibly a, a boy. Um, so people are saying, is it Will? There were a couple other bits as well and I can't there's, remember. When the multiple realities are stacking, you can see very definitely that one of the shapes is like a city on a hill with a tower at the top. Yes. Um, which is very much similar to what Asriel was showing in his PowerPoint last week. Yeah, that that could elude, that could be a city that we'll meet in the second book. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, and the other one was, um, I think, a few seconds into the title sequence, as the viewer, we're looking through something. An amber spyglass, potentially, perhaps. Um, is, yeah, it's, I definitely think, especially as the series goes on as well, we'll probably... I wonder if they'll change up the title sequence for the second season. Yeah, maybe. If we've met more characters. Because mm-hmm. it's very Lyra-centric and Alethiometer-centric. Yeah, definitely. Um Daphne Keane jumped out a little bit more as being Lyra for me this episode. Um, like when she's running around in the wherever they go for like lunch or breakfast or whatever. Yeah, it is. the um, Explorers Society, yeah. the Arctic Institute. Yeah, that's yes. it. Yeah, and she's like running around looking at stuff and like she's been a bit more Lyra. I think. A bit more teasing towards meeting some armored bears when Lyra's like, "Oh my god, is that an armored bear skull?" Yeah. Um. Mm. So I did like yeah. that a lot, and then. So the Egyptians, like, looking for the missing kids. Yeah. Is that a, as big of a thing in the books? I don't remember that. All we know is that they're looking. Like, I think, it again, because we're viewing the books through Lyra's perspective a lot more heavily than the TV series is. And I think we only really join up with the Egyptians when Lyra meets them, eventually. Mm-hmm. Marcos does still not quite hit her stride for me. No, she was barely in this episode, in fact. Yeah. But again, she just, she shouted at Billy for no reason. When he was yeah. like, I want to go and help look. And she was just like, no, Billy. It, the way that that was cut together almost made me feel like she had more of a line. Yeah. And it got cut somehow. Because it just didn't... I don't know. I felt like she didn't get her moment. She, waiting for her bloody moment to show up. <laughs> she had a line which really... I thought it was going to go a different way. And she said, um, I think the Egyptians come in and they're like, uh, like, what can we do? And she's like, you can find my son. But I really thought she was going to say, you can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't say that. Uh, no. Are Marcosta and Chanfar a thing? Because they were like real close in that. I don't know. In the scene, they were like touching. Each well, I'm interested because Billy Costa and Tony Costa definitely Marcosta's kids, mm-hmm. but they definitely look like they might have different dads. Yeah. Maybe it's just part of a polyamorous relationship, or one yeah. of them, their dads have died and she's like found a new husband or new partner or whatever. Seems like a bit of a single mum. Yeah. We don't know. Maybe. We don't know. Maybe he's John Farr's kid, little Billy. Yeah, maybe. Could be. Could be. I really thought that Pan was so cute in this episode. I was just like, oh, they're almost they're almost hammering it too hard. Yeah, I know. But I, like <laughs> his little oh, ears, his little yeah, there's a bit he's white and he's yeah. got his big black eyes and his little pink nose and his little ears sticking out to the yeah. side. There's yeah. a bit. I think there's a bit. I think it's one that I can't remember when it is. I think it might be when the at the um, what did you say it was called? The Arctic, Arctic Institute. Arctic Institute. Yeah. And I think Mrs. Coulter uh, calls Lyra out for lying. And Pan's yeah. like, mm. I mean, Lyra is telling the most stupid yeah. thing. Oh no, it's when they're on the balcony having breakfast and Mrs. Coulter's like, oh, I've never really liked heights. And Lyra's like, oh, I'm fine with heights. 
one time I like we like slept on the roof and like we did this that and the other and then she's in the bath and she's like oh one time I magically grew my hair out really long (laughs) and Roger used it to climb up something and it's like there's a difference between lying about sleeping on the roof one time and like Lying about magically growing your hair out really long. Yeah. I think Mrs. Cole is going to pick that one up, Lyra. Yeah, <laughs> like, definitely. It's, it's lovely that we're starting to get that indication of her, like, having a particular love of telling tall tales. Mm-hmm. And, like, just it can be really easy to her to just make up lies. Come on, be better at it. Make up stuff that could actually happen, please. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they weren't, it wasn't a great lie at all. Uh, I really liked we saw, like, Pan, there was a shot when he's getting really agitated about, oh, there's something in the walls, I can hear something in the walls. And he, like, jumps and from an ermine and turns into a moth. And I yeah. thought that looked really good. I think all the demons look good. We saw so many more demons in this episode. Yes. Um, yeah. Which I really liked. You got to see a lot more of the Master's Crow demon. Ooh. That was really nice. There was a really nice shot where uh, I think, like, Boreal is, um, I think he's knelt down and the Master comes in, but... The master's demon flies over Boreal's head while he's uh, while he's like knelt down, and it was just a really nice shot. And I was like, "That is a really good shot. I liked yeah. that a lot." I like that they've given the magisterium officials sneaky demons. Mm. So like, what the Father McPhail? Which one the is that? Ma- the main bald guy. Oh, a yeah. lot of them are balding. Um, <laughs> it is the way of the magisterium. But he's got like a gecko-y, lizardy demon yes. that like slithers up his back and stuff, and she's great. And then. The tall guy with the nose. I, we should probably have IMDb open so I can actually name these actors. <laughs> so but sorry, no, everyone. we refuse. <laughs> um, he's got the, his like bug demon that keeps yes. landing on his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, thank you. I don't want my demon to be a bug that crawls on my face. Yeah, like Liam and I were like chatting, because um, like Liam obviously had not read the books, not doesn't know much about it. He was asking mm. about demons and how they settle and and do you have any say in what they are and all that kind of stuff and we were just both like I mean obviously it depends like what type of person yeah. you are you might love it but like me personally and for Liam we were like god I'd be so fucking good if my demon settled as like a horrible little bug yeah I guess surely you've grown up with your demon your demon would have similar views to you it'd yeah. be a bit of a fuck you move if you or the demon would be really upset about what it was that'd be sad <laughs> I kind of get the impression that the magisterium guys that have the, like, bugs and snakes and lizards and stuff, part of it is, like, let's give these people demons that are things that people would usually recoil at or be like, oh, gross. And part of it, I think, is that, like, that's a very useful demon if your demon is a bug. And you can be like, go fly over there and sit on the back of that man's chair where he will not notice you and listen to that conversation because that's very magisterium, very sneaky, Mm -hmm. very, like... Rita Skeeter uh, turning into a beetle. I could see it in your eyes. <laughs> I was supposed to see it in I, your eyes. I don't. I honestly, I'm glad you knew that I was going to say afterwards. But I'm glad you brought it up because I don't think it's been an episode yet where I haven't mentioned Harry Potter, and I tried really hard not to mention it earlier when I was talking about adaptations from books and being really mad about I, them. I know it's that too. <laughs> I was like, for fuck's sake! Uh, but no, it is. It's really there's a reason that these things are being used by authors. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's in the zeitgeist. There's yeah. a reason that we see these these tropes reoccurring. It's mm-hmm. interesting. Who else is demons if we met this episode that we might not have? Uh, we met Rogers. Oh, yeah. He had the little um, variant. Yeah. But I guess he, her, his changes, because she yeah. was a bird at one point yes. in the last episode. Oh, I can't and... remember being a... I, I don't... Did she talk? Well, they were, like, chasing each other around the ha- around the college. I feel like we didn't um, hear her talk. She... Though. I feel she like she maybe... 
said a couple of things because right. he like told her off for like leading him in the wrong direction. Right. Okay. And they were like going down yeah. into the um, crypts and stuff. Mm. I don't like question. I'm like, I mean, I'm sorry to everyone that's like read the books a million times, but I will be asking many questions about did that happen in the book? One of the things was there's a bit where because we haven't gotten to it yet. I think we'll get onto it in the next couple of chapters. Mm-hmm. But where Mrs. Coulter is really far from her demon, and Lyra's like, how can you be so far from your demon? And I can't remember if that's a thing or not in the I books. I can't agree there. I feel like it's not. I don't know. Because if it's not, then they will have to explain that. Is it one of those things where if you practice going far away from your demon often enough, you can extend that link? Oh, why do I feel that's a thing? I don't know. That, like, r- but that, I also like, feel like it's the kind head. of thing that would be painful but useful, and I can see her forcing her demon to do that because it would be useful. That actually rings and, like, a bell in my head. Would yeah. be quite sadistic and very Mrs. Coulter to do. Mm. I mean, yeah. Sorry to everyone that knows this, and you're probably screaming at us, being like, yeah, "Oh, definitely." This. Just tell us. Just tell us. Yeah. We're not got we... great memories, clearly. Enjoy being totally wrong, and also, despite both having our laptops out, we're kind of refusing to Google anything in the moment. It just kind of like affects the flow. flow. <laughs> yeah. So, but feel yeah. free to tell us. We like we like being told things. So get in touch. Yeah. As always. <laughs> the other thing that I was going to ask is, uh, is it boreal or boreal? Boreal. Boreal. I would say boreal. Boreal. So because I feel like is his name. In any way referencing Aurora Borealis. Mm. So I would say Boreal and get rid of this. Do you know every time then, you say that, it makes me think of David Boreanaz. <laughs> David Boreanaz. <laughs> Bye for Boreanaz. <laughs> yes, shout out to Angel on top there. Um, why was I asking that? Oh yeah, yeah, because he's looking for Grumman in the uh, like yeah. crypt bit. And I'm yeah. again, I'm like, is that a thing that the head that Azriel brought isn't actually... I'm trying to remember. Oh my god, we are so bad. I'm, I'm so, so sorry, everyone. Bad. <laughs> if there's a link between Grumman and John Parry, who we haven't met yet, mm. Um, mm. if there's a link between them, if they met each other, and that's why, and because Boreal is convinced that Grumman's gone over into our Oxford. That's the other thing that I was going to mention. Yeah. So when he goes over into Oxford, mm. our Oxford, first thing, actually lol at him having a phone and texting yeah. <laughs> it just i love that it just pulls you straight like straight out of that world yeah we were watching i was watching with my partner and my housemate and her partner so sarah and will have read all the books johnny hasn't read anything hasn't done anything he kind of said that it wasn't super clear that they'd moved into another world but then i rewatched it today and they talk about like being in a different world like three or four times in the conversation they have immediately after he goes through. Yeah. So I don't know if Johnny just wasn't paying attention well, <laughs> or if it just isn't as obvious as I think it is because I know. But so. Liam, so Liam was looking at, I think he was like playing a game on his phone and then he looked up and he was like, why are they in a different world now? He just kind of like grasped it straight yeah. away when they were sat in that cafe. Um, and he actually said that he really likes that aspect of it because he had no idea that that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, he was like, I really like this. It really brings it into a more like sci-fi place mm, than you expect it is because it feels very fantasy and like there is elements of yeah. science occurring in the world, but like it makes it feel really sci-fi. It opens like it, it opens the story up to much more opportunities as well as a viewer, and the same thing with the books as a reader. It brings you as being a resident of this world mm. into it more because Definitely. you're like, oh, they're in my world now. And I think that's yeah. maybe why I like the subtle knife so much, the book. 
because obviously we meet Will and, and he is from from our world, but then he still has his little adventures in other worlds, and I I, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for somebody, and you said his name was John Parry. Is that Will's dad? Yeah, yeah. Because that like that was my as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, there, it's Will's dad, right? But I don't know because I'm trying to remember because Will's dad is I don't think he is Stanislaw Grumman. No, or, but he I feel like he knew him. Yes, maybe yeah. I don't know. Correct us if we're wrong. I mean, we could just be spoiling a whole bunch of stuff here, but it's interesting to talk about, definitely. Especially as they're bringing it into the show so yeah. early. Like, it's episode two and they're feeding stuff that maybe we won't find out about until, like, the end of the second book, the yeah. third book. Yeah. Like, it's I, really interesting. I also love how much you don't want to spoil things, even though we've said at the beginning of these episodes that we're going to be spoilers. Like, <laughs> they're going to be spoilers. E- it's so like cute. Even if I'm warned they're spoilers, I might be like... But is this, like, too much? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to, like, break somebody's world. <laughs> no, I think we have given enough spoiler warnings. Okay. Um, so yeah, I true. think you're fine. You can say what you want. But I know what you mean, because even I'm a bit like, is it Will's dad? Oh, my God, who's Will? We can't say that. I'm like, no, we can't. There's spoilers in this one. I know. Yes. <laughs> Good um, I'll get used to it. I'll get used to it. It's because I'm so careful in the, the book episodes. Yeah. 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 There's a... I'm jumping around here, but I'm just kind of, like, going through the little notes that I did Oh, definitely. Make. I didn't take any notes by using 100% steering this <laughs> steering this ship right now. There was a good quote um, from Mrs. Coulter, actually, and I think it was uh, where they, like, drop the... Uh, she drops a bombshell of, like, Asriel being um, Lyra's oh, dad. my God. I cannot remember where that happens in the books, but I feel like it is not this early. I thought it was... This was super early, because then I thought, okay, so... If they're dropping that this early, are they going to drop uh, Mrs. Coulter being Lyra's mum? Does Mrs. Coulter even too? know she's Lyra's mum at this point, though? I I feel don't like, does know. she have a finding out moment? Because, honestly, it's been long enough now since I've read the books. I've read the book series, like, three or four times. And then I've listened to the audiobooks a couple of times, yeah. on and off. But I've not, like, reread it recently enough that I remember the ins and outs. Mm. I genuinely can't remember if if Mrs. Colton knows and just doesn't tell her, or if she doesn't know, because the way that it's being played at the moment in the TV show, she doesn't know. She seems to think Lyra could, like, I don't know why she's taking an interest in Lyra if she doesn't know, mm. other than to fuck with Asriel, yeah. which seems to be something she enjoys doing. But well. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> OMG. <laughs> but I think as a viewer, we have no idea that that might be the, the case. Like, they're not hinting at it at all, like yeah. with Mrs. Coulter and Lyra at the minute. Obviously, like you said, we don't really know why she had an interest in her. But I don't think... I mean, obviously, if you're listening and, and you, you have like kind of grasped that, let us know. But I don't think they're hinting at it yet that um, that's that she's Lyra's mum at all. I just yeah. don't think they're going there yet. So that makes me think that that might be a reveal uh, further down the line. Yeah. Because it would be a bit much to like throw those things at you straight away when they're actually, they're actually quite good plot devices to keep them for later on, to keep people coming back and watching Definitely. and thinking, oh, wow. Um, but uh, yeah, the quote, and I think it's around that part, she says, our origins don't define us, it's what we do with what we have. And I really liked that. And I wondered if it's in the book, but I think it's a really good, yeah. good quote. I found it really interesting having a little chat with someone on Instagram. They were saying how much they loved Mrs. Coulter, and they're like, I know I'm supposed to hate her, but yeah. I love her. 
I really, really like that because as we were discussing in chapter three, mm-hmm. chapter four, chapter, chapter three, three, out on about, Monday, out on Monday <laughs> <laughs> um, about Mrs. Coulter being so magnetic as a person. Yeah. And I love that Ruth Wilson is exuding that where like she's doing horrible things, but she's showing just the right amount of like vulnerability and strength and beauty and poise and all this stuff that makes you drawn to her as a person. Mm-hmm. And then she's doing horrible things. Yeah. I found it really interesting the because we don't get to have that lovely scene of Mrs. Coulter luring Tony Macarius yeah. away and then taking him into the room full of children and then burning the letters. We just get her showing up into a room full of children with Roger in it. Does he recognise her? I don't know. It's kind of... Oh, I don't, yeah, that's Does a good she question, recognize? actually. Because they have met. They have yeah. met because he served her dinner. But then she seems to only realise who he is when he says, I want to write a letter to my friend Lyra. Yeah. And then she's like, oh... Yeah. But I'm not sure that he... It's not really shown. It's really odd, isn't it? Mm. But yeah, and then, and then she burns the letters. And that felt for me like it had just been thrown in there because mm. I guess that was as Lyra was finding out that she was to do with the gobblers and all this stuff. And then obviously she throws the letters away. But it felt way more sadistic in the TV show of her literally just showing up to be like, hi, kids, we're going to go on a journey. Yeah. Let me write you all a letter. <clears throat> yeah. And then let me throw it in the fire for like... No reason. Whereas I feel like in the books there was a bit more of a reasoning behind her writing the letters because a kid was like, oh, my mum's going to worry. Yeah. And like, I, interesting. I wanted her throwing the letters in the fire to have a bit more pizzazz about it as well. Because yeah. like she kind of just like drops them into a thing. I wanted her to be like, boom! And like fling them into a fire like really like extravagantly like, ha, fuck you guys. But she kind of like drops them in. And you can't really see that it's a fire really. You can see like the like, flickering lights yeah. on uh, her demon's face and stuff. And then you see, like, Roger's letter in there. But I wanted it to be a bit more, like... I'm thinking, like, Disney villain, like... Yeah, definitely. They, I, I knew they weren't ever going to do that, but I kind of wanted a bit bit more from yeah, that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I think maybe that's what I wanted as well. More of the, like, sickly sweet in, like, really stark contrast with the, like fully sadistic yeah which is kind yes. of exactly what she embodies exactly i think in the books we've literally just read that chapter where she does that it's a really good like reveal in the book when she yeah. does it i think it's like the like you go through all the motions of her writing the letters being really nice to the kids and then it's the last line that just says something about her throwing them into the fire and i think yeah. that's the first time where we know that she's a villain as well isn't it in the book yeah well aside from the fact that we've had the foreshadowing of knowing that the kid that she was talking to is is going to go missing yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, but I think it yeah. really solidifies oh, that, that she is hundred percent yeah. evil. Yeah. Um so I think that's maybe why I wanted a bit more from it in the T V show, even though we've kind of already seen that. Yeah, she's... and we've also had her like the moment when yeah, the monkey attacks her animals mm-hmm. kind of stuff, Yeah, which yeah, is exactly. Yeah. But yeah, there's a bit in that scene, I think before she throws the letters, like when the um, woman that's kind of looking after the kids anyway when she's, they're asking where they're going, and she's like, oh, we're going to the north, the best place you could possibly go to. Liam was like, correct. <laughs> as northerners, yes. we feel this strongly. <laughs> as Yes, as, um, as people that grew up in the north of England, who in England are often called northerners, I did enjoy that as well. Liam was just like, looked up from his phone, he's like, correct. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy that um, it's... It seems to be a thing in like big HBO productions at the moment to glorify the North because yeah. like Game of Thrones was very like the North's dumb strong yeah. and then had like some really good thick Northern accents and then um, 
this seems to be very like obsessed with the north and going north. Yeah. And it's like, yes, more should be about the north. <laughs> yes, make it northern. Like I said, I did really like it. We didn't get to meet Lynn or Lee Scorsby. I'm kind of fine with that. I feel like, so the first episode elapsed four chapters really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. This second episode has only really dealt with the cocktail party. Yeah. They've slowed it down a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. I feel like that was really important to like really do that relationship between Lyra and Mrs. Coulter. Mm-hmm. It's also a very book thing to do. It's not very... You don't see it that often on TV shows where they'll have an episode which like skips through a, a massive bunch of stuff really quickly and then one that kind of solidifies you in a certain period of time. But it is very much like you see that in novels all the time. Yeah. Um, so I wonder whether it was like a conscious decision. I think they made the right decision because I think if they'd carried on with the pace of the first episode, it would have almost been unwatchable. Like you yeah. can't keep up with that pace for the whole thing. You're not going to understand anything that's going on, especially the people that haven't read the books. Yeah, that's um, true. No, I liked it. I I liked the pace of it a lot more, and it felt more, yeah, more like a watchable TV show. They didn't. Mm. It, they weren't throwing as much information at you, and then also I felt like some of the information they were throwing at you was like, if you're watching really hard and you've read the books, this is for you. Yeah. If you're just watching it casually, you're also getting all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. But you, if you're missing things, they're not important kind of thing. Yeah. So like Lyra reading all the blueprints for the station, you could see what was going on and people who read the books knew exactly what that machine was. Yeah. And exactly what it was yes. for. Lyra still hasn't fully worked it out and people viewing for the first time probably still haven't fully worked it out if they even really understood what was going on in the first place. Yeah. Because like we're still learning so much about demons. Um, so it's, it is interesting. Yeah. Mm. Another thing that just popped in, into my head was Mrs. Coulter's apartment was like basically exactly how I imagined it to be when I read the books. Um, apart from how modern it is, they've got yeah. like electric lights and stuff. She had, they had like lamps. Yeah. And... Well, I guess they've got what ambaric light. Yeah. And, but it, it yeah. looked like a show home. Like, and like, do you know you walk through IKEA and yeah. they have like bedrooms? And there stuff. was a lot more like yeah, very very much more modern furniture going on than I think I was expecting. Yeah, it kind of threw me a little bit when especially because Oxford and Jordan College is so old feeling. Yeah. Um like if you think about yeah. the first episode when you saw like Lyra's bedroom and like her bed and stuff and it all just seemed like yeah. super old. Um and then it was quite a contrast to then go obviously I know it's a contrast anyway because uh Mrs. Coulter is clearly got a lot of money. But everything did look really modern. Like, yeah. the, like, bedspreads, the, like, cushions and pillows and chairs and everything. It honestly did look like a show home. Yeah. Um, which was a bit weird. Kind of on that point, the bathtub was really, really weird. Mm. I didn't like the way it was, like, in the middle of the room. That was a very modern touch. But in that whole scene in the bathtub, um, when Mrs. Coulter's washing Lyra's hair, I found it really interesting that they kept in the bit about the monkey demon turning his back and yeah. looking away. And I feel like in the books... We'll get there very soon, so I will be able to correct myself if I'm wrong. I feel like Mrs. Coulter tells Pam that he should turn away too, and that Lyra's really confused by it. When I reread it, I'll know if I'm right or wrong. That was the, that was the thing that <laughs> yeah. Liam mentioned. He was like, why is some monkey like, turned away? And I said, it's because it's rude, right, to, I suppose, look at her while she's yeah. bathing. And I think it's one of the first distinctions that perhaps Lyra will become aware of, of like, it's not right for a boy to see me if I'm in the bath or something. Mm-hmm. Like, there's the very first inklings of somebody, like, growing up to a point where, like, that thing where when you're a really little kid and you can, like, have a bath with your siblings and it's yeah. all perfectly normal or, like, you go in the shower with your parents because you're, like, that's just how, 
like how else are your parents supposed to get anything done when yeah. you're when you're like a kid <laughs> that you've got to be supervised you might as well shower at the same time or whatever True. but then there reaches that point where it's like no you have to like this is a separate space like mm-hmm. you have to turn your back you can't have a shower with your brother or whatever like mm. it becomes weird and that's so much about what these books are about is that like loss of not loss of innocence but like that sudden awareness of shame and of wanting to hide yourself yeah. and I think the monkey turning his back is like the first inkling that we get of that mm. and that's so much to do with like what so much of the books are about mm. I don't think it's obvious yet that demons are the opposite sex to what you are in the yeah. TV show cause, uh, Liam asked about well I told him and he was like oh he'd not he'd not cottoned on yeah. to that yet um, somebody mentioned it on a post that I read, on a tweet I read recently was someone saying how is it dealt with with the binary of genders in mm-hmm. demons and how like if you're a girl your demon is a boy if you're a boy your demon is a girl and I feel like in the books it is mentioned that in rare cases you are the same sex as your demon or your demon is the same sex as you but also I wonder how that then applies to people who are trans and non-binary yeah. if your demon is especially if your demon is changing a lot when you're a child, perhaps if you're non-binary, your demon, because it's changing form and shape all the time, mm-hmm. perhaps it can change gender as well. I would, the way that I think about it in my head is that if you are a trans person, you are whatever gender you are from birth, as in whatever gender you feel that you identify as, yeah. or that you identify as, it, obviously separate to sex. So wouldn't your demon be the opposite of whatever because the demon is to do with your soul yeah, and your exactly. personality more yeah. than it is your like physical body. Yeah. So yeah, because the books were written so long ago that I think Philip Pullman perhaps didn't have the knowledge that he perhaps does now in terms of like people are so much more educated now on like trans, mm-hmm. like everything to do with transness. And then um, I feel like if he were to like reassess what he was thinking of to do with gendering demons now, he would perhaps include some canon in there yeah. for that to exist because he mentions in the books at some point that in rare cases your demon is the same sex yeah. as you or it, the same gender as you but then maybe that is an indication that somebody is trans mm. because mm. if you're if the basic format is that like your demon's gender is but it, nothing operates in a binary so that wouldn't make sense yeah <laughs> if you're operating in a binary your demon's gender would be the other one to what you were yeah but if you're including non-binary people or gender-fluid people, then when your demon settles, does it just settle in what you most feel like? Does it matter? Like, it's not like demons are gonna yeah, get it's busy. Such an interesting, yeah, it's so <laughs> it's such an interesting question because why do demons need to be gendered? But then at I, all, at yeah. all, but then yeah. why does anyone need to be gendered at all? Is a wow. is is a completely other question. I don't have an answer for that, but it's such an interesting question. There's like a whole episode we could do talking yeah. to people about their thoughts on what demons could be and what that means about yeah. like so much. Yeah. Because I think when you like read the books, it's it's just a fact that we learn. It doesn't really have anything to do with the story that the that your demon is the opposite. If again, if we're looking at um, binaries, the opposite to you. It doesn't really have any effect on the story no it wouldn't really make a difference particularly again particularly mentioned yeah um it's usually just when philip's writing you only find out by pronouns really that people's demons are different and then there's like a very short section yeah i feel like it is mentioned yeah yeah 
it's definitely mentioned because I don't think I would have picked up on it otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't, but like explicitly mentioned in the books. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll come back to this yeah. lots as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's such an interesting topic to unpick. I'd love to talk about that more. Like yeah. maybe we should think about doing something on that. But for now, let's yeah. go back to the. Let's get back to the episode. This is taking a massive detour, like a 15 minute detour. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but no, I think uh, to be honest, I think we're coming to the end of, of our discussion about the app anyway. Unless there's anything else that I haven't mentioned in my notes that I can barely decipher. Um, <laughs> I haven't so I have like to tell you how bad my handwriting is I have a note that says when are we going to meet Lynn and that I thought it said when are we going to meet him and I was like who's him him uh-huh. <laughs> it's Lynn because obviously I wrote that as a note because I want to meet Lynn so I want to meet Lisa Gosby. yeah I feel like that's coming up I don't do you know though when I didn't see we didn't see him in the in the next episode thing so yeah. maybe it's not even that episode maybe it's the one after okay I'm going to bring us to, like, the last moments mm-hmm. of the episode. Lyra, curled up in the street. Why hasn't Pan turned into something big and cuddly, like a St. Bernard, to help keep her warm? Yeah. And then he just casually gets distracted by some whistling and yeah. wanders off down the street. And then Lyra gets snatched. Yeah. What the hell, guys? <laughs> I am... Um... So interesting. Again, very different how it's dealt with in the books. Yeah. There's a bit, a bit where um, I think Pan says to Lyra... Oh, get some sleep. Get some sleep. You're really tired. Two seconds later, Lyra, Lyra, like you just told her to get some sleep. Shut up. <laughs> What's that whistling? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, like, oh, you look cold. I'm just gonna stay with this tiny animal. <laughs> yeah, and I'll also stand really far from you. Yeah. Snuggle like... <laughs> up, guys. Turn into something fluffy. Also, like, come on, Lyra, grab a coat when you leave the house. You went back for the alethiometer. You could have grabbed a coat. Yeah. Especially because it would have helped her blend in because she's wearing that fancy cocktail dress. Mm. It's the other thing as well, with the alethiometer, I know she had the conversation with the uh, master and the librarian before she left about the alethiometer, but we still don't really know like why it's so important, but she seems to. That's a bit of a weird thing to me at the minute with the TV the show. The master did tell her to... Keep it secret, keep it safe, <laughs> kind of thing. But I think if I was a kid, yeah, and I didn't even know what it was really because she doesn't know how to work it yet. No, I... but also like she's had this in her pocket for so long. How has she not messed about with it more? Yeah. How... Also, she's a bright kid. We know that she's clever. Like, how has she not like looked at the symbols and been like, "I'm gonna try pointing it at different things and seeing what happens." Mm. Like, I... Maybe yeah. she's just been too busy. That's the thing, isn't it? I think she in this episode she comes to it again. Then she puts it in that handbag, which Miss Coulter absolutely rips her for. Rude. Yeah. <laughs> but before that, we don't see her, apart from when she shouts at it in the first episode, Yeah. we don't see her really with it again until like maybe halfway through the second episode. So I think it, it just seemed a bit strange to me that uh, suddenly she it's out and she cares about it again when we'd not seen it for a little while. Like yeah. we'd not seen her with it for a while. I feel like in the books there's a, there's a thing that triggers her to be more protective of it, and mm. it's that she thinks the monkey's yes. looking for it. Yeah. Whereas we didn't have that moment. No. I feel like there needed to be a moment of like opening the door and the monkey's rifling through her drawers for something. Yeah. I and wonder, she's like, what's he looking mm, for? I wonder if they did film that and they, cu- and they cut it out. Because the yeah. way that those scenes went down, like with the monkey and stuff, I feel like maybe they did think about including that, because it would make sense. But maybe they just decided to cut it. Maybe it didn't fit. Mm. Interesting.
We would love to know your thoughts on the second episode, definitely. Especially if you want to pick us up on anything we missed, got wrong. Any actors' names you really want us to make more of an effort to remember because we're pretty rubbish at it at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let us know. (laughs) Yeah, let us know what you think. What you think of of the episodes and what you think of our ramblings about them. Because I am notoriously bad for not knowing anyone's names and also not knowing anything that happens in the books. But I suppose we're all on this journey together, so... (laughs) If you'd like to let us know any theories of where you think things are going, Mm. please email us. We love an email, especially because we're aware some people following the social media might not have read the books yet. So if you've got like an amazing theory that cracks the whole set of books open that you desperately want to share with us... Please send it in an email. Yeah, please <laughs> that do. That would be amazing. We are her.materialspod at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, we're on Twitter, uh, Facebook and Instagram too, at HDMPod. If you happen to be in Birmingham or the surrounding areas this weekend, the 16th and 17th, I will be at Comic-Con, like, touting my wares and selling the toys that I make. And I will also have some HDM business cards and stickers, so... If you want to, like, persuade your friends to listen as well, come and grab some business cards off me. Come and tell me that you want a sticker. If you've listened, yeah. I will literally freak out if somebody comes and tells me that they've listened. Yay! Oh, they're really cute. Um, so basically, they're our logo that Rach drew, and you should definitely go and see Rach if you're there. I sadly won't be there, but I will be there in, in spirit. In, in sticker spirit. form and <laughs> business card form. Yes. Um. So yes, go and say hi to Rach. And buy lots of her things, because she makes great stuff. It's my first ever, like, big Comic-Con type convention, so I'm really scared, and it would genuinely make my day if somebody that listened came along and said hi. I Yay. would I would die. <laughs> Please, if that so, happens, yeah. phone me, and I'll oh, be like, God, hi! <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So yeah, that's 16th and 17th of November at the Birmingham NEC, Birmingham Comic-Con. There'll be some cool guests and stuff there, and I'll be hiding away at Stand... P10, which I think is near where the food is, if I read the map correctly. What a great place to understand. The best place to be. See you then, hopefully. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next Friday to discuss the third episode of the TV show. And we'll be back on Monday with our discussion of Chapter 3 of Northern Lights, Lyra's Jordan. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.